I've got back to square one. And I've got a tooth that needed to be pulled. Welcome to Date Fights. It's the show where we take great moments that occurred on this day in history and pitch them against each other. Easy, yeah. I'm Nat Tapley, and together we are cutting open the abdomen of history and removing the two kidneys within and comparing to see which filters truth best through itself. Beautiful. Lovely, isn't it? Uh, do you know, I, I was uh, in the supermarket with my kids uh, today, and mm. he was like, dude, what's that... Livers? Is that as like in? Actual... I was like, yeah. Do you know what job they do? <laughs> yeah, not enough. They could have been taking our jobs. Used to be us filtered the aristocracy's <laughs> urine for it. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody livers coming over here. It was a good job. It was a good job. Man and boy, I filtered the urine of the aristocracy, and it was good enough for me. Didn't do me any harm apart from a withered arm and some sexual dysfunction. And on Christmas Day, they let us have a little taste. Let's start <laughs> this show. We're so good giddy pleasure. this week. I'm going to take you back to the 22nd of January, 1877. I hoped you would. Did you? Do you know what? Are you going to the no, same place? No, no, absolutely okay, no idea. No, you. absolutely no idea. By the way, mm. now, after after yesterday's... Yes. Good luck, mate. Good luck. Yeah, I'm only doing it... I'm being only enthusiastic today about whatever it is. So I certainly hope you've brought some massacres, because I'm going to be upbeat about everything. <laughs> I'm going to find the bright side of whatever story we talk about, including the arrest in 1877 of Arthur Tooth, the Anglican clergyman who was taken into custody for being a ritualist. What's worse than Arthur Tooth? I don't know. Probably being taken into custody, I'm guessing, in the... Like... Racism, Nat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's your answer for everything. Racism. <laughs> what should we have to, for dessert? Racism! Racism! So in the mid-19th century, there was the Oxford Movement, which was uh, started by Cardinal Newman, who left the Anglican Church to go back to the Catholic Church. And the Oxford Movement was full of people who wanted to reintroduce bits of uh, the Catholic Church into Anglicanism. So That all like, sounds a little funny... bit sloshy and incestuous Yeah, they and wanted filthy. to bring in... Um, Funny clothes, chasubles, <laughs> incense, all that sort of thing. Oh no, not that! What like like sleeping with your sister or something? All that. <laughs> oh, incense! Incense, dear, oh dear. Oh, I'm looking forward to yours later because I didn't find out what that was, and you promised some hot oh, yeah. brother on sister act, or you know. Yeah, 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 so yeah, stay yeah. tuned, kids. Sit, sit through the uh, ecumenical discussion, <laughs> and we'll be into <laughs> hot incense any minute now. <laughs> People, some people didn't like it because some people thought it was idolatrous. Uh, some people hated Catholicism just because, you know, it was a bit French and Spanish. The French and the Spanish are Catholics, and we spent all of history hating them. Um, some people didn't like it, it was anti-democratic, because obviously the Catholic Church, there's one person who's right, and it's the Pope. And other people didn't like it, and this is true, at the end of the 19th century, because they thought it was too effeminate. Oh. Because they wanted to wear lots of nice dresses and have smells and things. <laughs> people thought that was too effeminate for Christianity. And Jesus, well-known butch man, agreed. I love the idea that, you know, Catholic... <laughs> Catholicism, it's just a spa day. Put on the robe, <laughs> smell the nice smells. Spanish Inquisition, I could have had them. I'd have taken them. So in 1874, they passed the Public Worship Regulation Act to make sure things stayed good and English. Arthur Tooth, however, didn't agree. Arthur Tooth had graduated in 1862, then spent a year travelling twice around the world, become a crack shot and horseman, and then been ordained to the church. And then he started introducing hats and liturgies and smells and all sorts of things. People say, you're doing it wrong. This isn't proper. You're being one of those ritualists. And he was called 
uh, to Lambeth Palace in 1876 to answer for his ritualism, and he said, you have no power over me, uh, and didn't go. <laughs> so on the 22nd of January 1877, he was taken into custody for contempt of court. He was convicted uh, and taken to prison. His conviction was quashed on a technicality. Uh, he then had his parish taken away from him the next year and lived for another 52 years, starting various prep schools, as far as I can tell. Oh, of course. Uh, and that's the story of... Yeah, <laughs> let's not dig too far. I said I was being happy today, only upbeat. <laughs> I didn't even look. Nice try, hotshot. <laughs> I think you'll find in history, everyone dies at the end. Yeah. OK, so that's Arthur Tooth, Anglican clergyman. And so he's important because, because you know, Anglicans. Let's have some incest. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure you and I can. I mean, we can, you know, do the mouth swab no. and send it off or something. We could try. What do you do? Do you spit in a jiffy bag yeah. for those DNA kits? Yes, it's in a tube. Yeah, test, it's in your little plastic test tube. I got a caution the last time I did that. Right, <laughs> I'm taking you back. This is a chemistry lesson. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you work for the post office. I'm taking you back to January the 22nd, 6.13. Ooh, wow. Yes, and Constantine gets crowned as co-emperor, oh. which I quite like. That's yeah. pretty, uh, yeah. pretty hippy dippy, pretty democratic, pretty commune. Oh. Uh, by his father, yeah. Heraclius, at Constantinople. Uh, here's the thing: he's eight months old. Wow! I think he's ready. Yeah, he's a very bright boy. What had he done to show that he was ready for the uh, honor that was bestowed on him? Also, how do people feel about it? Like knowing the person in charge is eight months old. Well, I mean, he's not six months old, and in those days, you know, they grew up so fast, Nat. They grow up so yeah. fast. There was no he such thing as smoking by yeah. then. Up a chimney at two. So he was crowned uh, on 22nd of January, 613, and shortly afterwards... Yeah. You know, maybe at the reception due afterwards mm. or whatever, this is your cousin, Gregoria. You know, oh, yes. Yeah. Kid blurts out some semi-digested rusk. Yeah. Um, and we're going to make you marry her. Oh, right. Even so, the, despite the fact that at eight months old, you probably have no concept of cousins or marriage. Yeah, or anything. Or emperors, yeah. or Constantinople, yeah. for that matter. So it was uh, right. his dad's first cousin's kid. Lovely. So they were second cousins. The marriage was technically incestuous. Mm. But this was deemed just not so important, considering this was a good match. This was a very good match. Yeah. And actually, at eight months old, there's a few years before, you know, yeah. incestuousness is going to start occurring. Yeah. It's also worth throwing into the mix that... Uh, she was 74. <laughs> Constantine. Yeah. Uh, well, his dad, he married his niece, Ooh. Martina, the same year. So wow, it, it ran in the it went in the family. Yeah. In, yes, incest generally does. So uh, Constantine <laughs> yeah. then had to wait another uh, twenty eight years to become a senior emperor. Wow. Senior emperor. I and mean, then did he have a senior emperor? He... Like, you're an emperor or you're not. <laughs> did he have to find another baby to make junior emperor at that point? No, he reigned with his younger half-brother. Who was a fetus. Uh, Heraclinus, who was the son of Martina, who was the niece <laughs> of his dad. Of course. Yeah. And then start, rumours started going around that Martina oh, uh, had had him poisoned. But we, d we don't know. And so then there was a co-emperor called Constance II, and then... Uh, Martina and her sons were deposed, mm. mutilated and banished. Oh. I don't know how, I don't know why, but as we say... That's taken the shine off it. We'd gone all happy until... That's history, <laughs> folks. You signed up for this the minute you hit the subscribe button. Did you hit the subscribe button? Did you? You should have done. You, you definitely should have done. You don't have to hit it. I, like, I spent a bit of yeah. time in America mm. and they always say touch. Ooh. Touch five. <laughs> if you wish to speak to a representative, touch five. 
Just touch it. Just yeah. touch it. Caress it. Yeah. Don't like the lick word touch. Lick the pound key. <laughs> you don't like pound the touch. We talked about this yesterday. You need pound the lick key. All right. Happy birthday to globe-trotting potato enthusiast Walter Raleigh, who popularised tobacco and gave everyone lung cancer. No, I'm doing up... Okay, we're going to take this up. Lord Byron, happy birthday to you, an adolescent twonk who wrote poetry for other adolescent twonks to think is brilliant. Um, Also, happy... And and, 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 and spawned a very successful chain of burger restaurants. Yes, (laughs) that was his greatest contribution to us all, apart from maybe Ada Lovelace. Um, happy birthday to Gillian Shepherd, the little-remembered Conservative Secretary of State for Education in the mid-1990s, who you probably only remember as being not quite Teresa Gorman. Yeah, but like... It, now there's a niche reference. I was going to say, only you, now. <laughs> only you. Happy death day to Alfred Puttock, who's mainly here because I like the name <laughs> Alfred Puttock. Oh, you must have the, had a horrible time at school. Yeah. Puttock. Just awful. Puttock. Is Puttock here? Has anyone seen Puttock? Oh, he's such a putter cake. Uh, he was the 11th century Archbishop of York, um, who supported the son of Canute, who was, of course, called Hartha Canute. Um, <laughs> that's absolutely true. It's the way you can remember who was Canute's son. Hartha Canute. Um <laughs> <laughs> he crowned the previous English king, Harold Harefoot, but then, later on in a sitcom script, apparently, he was made to dig up the body and hide it somewhere so no one knew where it was. Oh. Um, Puttock apparently means buzzard. His real name was Alfric the Buzzard. Happy death day to you, Alfric. This is so much better. <laughs> yeah. Happy death day to Queen Victoria, the great, great, whose great, great, great grandson used to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, allegedly. Probably not, though. Well done on siring that, Queen Victoria. Well done, you. And well Uh, done on swerving that lawsuit. (laughs) Happy death day to, and this may be my favourite name today, even beating Alfred Puttock, Fanny Bullock Workman. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's a home exercise. That's like a home gym thing, isn't it? The Fanny Bullock Workman. Tones, tums, (laughs) bums. She was the first female mountaineer. She was a champion of women's rights. She was a suffragist. She published eight travel books. Uh, she also had two kids who she promptly abandoned. Well, no, she and her husband both put them in a school as soon as they rolled enough with a nanny and left and didn't see them again, going on bicycle tours around Europe, climbing mountains and writing books about it. She was brilliant. Well, Are the, you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they weren't interested in kids, really, and I think that's quite refreshing that we can say, yeah, they just weren't that bothered by them, had them. Made sure they were looked after, went off, did their thing, climbed some mountains. Uh-huh. Fanny Bullock Workman. She's amazing. How? Her husband's all right, too, I suppose. How are you, Nat? <laughs> how, how are you? Today. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Good. I mean, in light of that, my second round two uh, selection isn't going to look sinister at all. I'm taking back to the 22nd of January 1927 and a man called Teddy Wakelam Mm -hmm. gives the first ever live radio commentary of a football match anywhere in the world. Oh really? Yes. Who was playing? 
Arsenal FC and Sheffield United at Highbury. And I definitely know where Highbury is. It's in that London, isn't it? I'm guessing that's Arsenal's. Yeah, probably. So, so there were no cliches for him to use. He had to make up new ones. Absolutely. And he did every single one. Uh, there's some people try? on the pitch. No, it's a game of three thirds. No, it's a game of four quarters. No, it's in there somewhere. Well, it's, funny. Find it. it's funny. It's funny you should talk about quarters because he came up oh. with a system. Because this was entirely without precedent. No one had ever commentated on really any sporting match, hardly of any kind ever. Mm. And so he came up with a system thinking, well, how can I convey what's going on to the people listening? So he... He divided the football pitch into eight squares. Nice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And in the Radio Times, they published his eight square <laughs> grid. And the idea was that sort of with your finger, you could follow the play from your armchair using the grid on your lap. I love that. So he would sort of say, uh, it's Hopkins, goes to square two, up to square four now. And it looks like he's, nope. Back to square one. <laughs> and it looks... It, no, they think that that's the origin of the phrase back to square one. Really? Yeah. That's... Wow. Okay. That's... Uh, we've learned something. We've all learned something today. Brinkman takes it to square three, but he's intercepted and goes back to square two. No, square four. <laughs> no, square... <laughs> I, I don't think he probably, he probably would have stopped saying square after a while. So it just became four, two, one, eight, eight, eight. Still eight. <laughs> it's gone off. Back to square one. <laughs> well, I am going to take you to the 22nd of January, 1973, um, when the Supreme Court handed down its judgment in the case of Roe versus Wade. Oh, wow. Norma McCarvey had wanted abortion for her third child and filed suit against her local district attorney that Texas abortion laws were unconstitutional and on the 22nd of January 1973 the Supreme Court found in her favour and found that yes they were unconstitutional Texas's and many states abortion laws violated the due process clause of the 14th amendment which protected people's privacy and women's right to choose so it overturned a lot of local and state laws and it was pointed out uh, in the arguments for the case that um Actually, abortion laws were fairly recent in America. There hadn't been any until 1821, when Connecticut was the first state to introduce any abortion laws. J. Floyd was defending the states at the time, or defending uh, Wade, who was the district attorney in Texas. Um, and he opened with a joke. Good Lord! <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've got to warm them up, haven't you, to be fair? You do. See how well judged you think oh, no. this joke is. I mean, you know what this case is about. Yeah. What's the difference between a pregnant woman and a light bulb? <laughs> you can unscrew a light bulb. But <laughs> today, ladies and gentlemen... Not if it's a bayonet fitting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court, it's an old joke, but when a man argues against two beautiful ladies like this, oh. they are going to have the last word. Oh. And apparently that met with complete silence, and he looked around the court looking for... Oh. Huh? Huh? Am I right? Is this on? Is this on? No, okay. Airplane food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try the veal. Oh, wow. That's... Gosh. Wow. Wee, willy, wee, wee. I know what you're thinking. Did Telly Savalas... And Cookie Monster have a baby? Well... Or not, because today... Yeah. 
Um, oh my god, that's was, absolutely horrifying. It is horrifying, isn't it? Um, um, two years earlier, in 1971, Shirley Wheeler had been charged with manslaughter after Florida hospital staff had informed uh, on her having an illegal abortion to local law enforcement. She was sentenced to two years probation. So actually, women were being convicted for having abortions before it happened. So Roe versus Wade is my selection for the most important thing to have happened on the 22nd of January ever. Nah, mate, it's the guy with the football grid. No question. <laughs> one eight eight one 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 three. I mean, how wonderful that you know what a moment of of progress in <clears throat> in uh, American social history, and how wonderful that we haven't got anything like no. I mean, that's some bound to laws be, yeah. being instituted now where if you don't conduct an operation that's never been done that doesn't actually exist, you're going to be yeah. found guilty of a violation of an unborn and unviable fetus's human rights. Yes, and absolutely wonderful that we secured those rights or the people of the 70s secured those rights uh, for everyone in the future yes. forever. We were, we were doing so well. We were going to end on a high. Go on, do, do your funny joke no. about the two <laughs> lovely ladies again. Go on. What about <laughs> argues against two beautiful ladies like this? I mean, I'm just imagining him pointing at them as he does it. And I, I reckon halfway through the point is when he realised, yeah, this is... oh, I've misjudged this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's when that's when you turn and do the big gesture, and you suddenly feel everyone's heads not turning quickly. That's when you know you've lost the audience. Ah, oh, the horror! It's an old joke when a man argues against two lovely ladies like the. Oh <laughs> God, I didn't think this through. I can imagine him just saying to himself, "Ah, oh, jeez, Connie was right." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Scribbling yeah. through all these, yeah, person. yeah. No. There were like twenty-five other jokes peppered throughout the statement. It was just frantically on the fly. Just no, that's not going to work. Doctor, doctor, I feel like a pair of no. What do you call a fetus? <laughs> well, that was the twenty-second of January. That was a catastrophe, wasn't it? Though, who won? Though, that's the question. Because yes, you know, that's for you to decide. exactly. So why don't you get yourself online right now on the Twitters? There, it's at date underscore fight and on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash date fight and you can cast your vote for what won today we will accumulate them across the week mm. and we will announce the winner in sunday's <gasps> podcast because we're here seven seven guys yeah. seven 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 twenty four seven three six five three six five it's five to the five to carry the one i mean exactly. so far what 79 79 but not you know yeah close enough i think you should should we do something special for our hundred yes we'll do it in costume <laughs> <laughs> We'll do a nude show. No, we won't. Okay. <laughs> it's normally me saying things like that and you backing away. Do you feel, I feel that in every relationship, one person is merging and the other person is separating? Oh, I've never heard it put quite like that. And I feel like just now you became oh, merging. Thank you. Do you want to merge? <laughs> <laughs> to find out. Come back tomorrow at the same time. We'll tell you if we merged. We've turned this into a will they won't they podcast. Listen, whatever whatever has traction. You can tell us what you think. What do you want more of? Yeah. Uh, there's been some suggestion that yeah. people want I mean, that's to that's premium content. Kiss. Yeah, it's very much premium content. We'll, we'll have a look at a Patreon <laughs> and, and see what we can do. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Ben. Yeah, bye. Sorry, bye. bye.